You are listening to the Power of Why podcast. It's a transition. You might not want to do it right now, but then you feel like it's a necessity. Okay, let's work on it. And I want you to, as you feel that necessity, as you leave that necessity, I want you to see how it's truly important in action. Right at the beginning, you're eating junk. Your your energy is like really crappy. I want you to start eating clean. But now I want you to not focus so much on oh now I'm eating a salad. I want you to be like how do I feel? Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna go through the natural stage of oh I'm having headaches all the time. I'm bloated. I'm just I'm like that's fine. That's the detox period. Your body is cleansing. After a week, after two, how you feel? Oh, I don't feel groggy. You know, I feel like I love the world more. I feel like I have more energy and this and that. I'm more grounded. Okay, great. So let's keep doing that. Now I make you remember who you were. So you're like, hey, do you remember you? Like, you know, two months ago, you felt crappy. You felt this, you felt that. Do you miss it? No, obviously they don't miss it. How do you feel now with the new you? Do you feel like you're even inspiring yourself? And when they realize that, whoa, my transition makes me feel inspired. Did I just do that? That's it. You got them there. So for me, I do not force people to be like, oh, be perfect. You will not be perfect. Trust me. But I want you to be willing. Hello, hello. It's Naomi here. Welcome to another episode of the Power of Why podcast, where I talk to creatives and founders about their purpose and how they navigate living on their own terms. As you know, I also package these episodes into show notes that break down the conversation, provide links to resources and people that we mentioned in the episode, and very practical ways to explore yourself and your creativity. So make sure to subscribe to the newsletter. I've dropped the link in the description box. Enjoy this week's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to The Power of Why. Today's guest is a nutritionist and personal trainer who believes that we need practical ways to nurture our lives and health. Christy Nua is the founder of In Wholeness, a holistic nutrition and wellness company and brand where she works with people to help them construct nutrition and fitness programs and that actually become a part of their lifestyle. Christy is a registered holistic nutritionist and also a certified personal trainer. And she has a BSc with a major in biology and and two minors in chemistry and psychology. And in 2019, she graduated from the natural nutrition program uh, at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. I'm super excited to have you here, Christy. Thank you for agreeing to be on The Power of Why. My pleasure. It's an honor for me. Like, I see you honestly as like our generation opera, to be honest. Oh, so, it's like, so I'm excited. It's a privilege for me to be here, to be honest. <laughs> honestly, the first time that I met you, I was in awe with your energy and just your confidence and the way that you hold yourself. And Today, the reason that I really wanted to speak with you is to, you know, learn from you, share your story, but also to inquire about, you know, the the purpose and the why behind what you're working on and how exactly you got here. So if you can start and tell us a little bit about your, your origin story, Christy. I'm from, originally, my parents are from Cameroon and um, they met in Cameroon and I grew up in sorry they met in Cote d'Ivoire when they were in uni and I grew up and I was born in Cote d'Ivoire so I like to believe I'm a mixture of both like Cameroonian and Ivorian I don't really fit anywhere (laughs) so like I just feel like I'm my own thing in the middle um but yeah so in 2013 
I decided, well, I wanted to come to, obviously I had to come to university and I said I wanted to do it in Canada because I really loved Canada for some random reason. I'd never been really here, only came here one, once in the summer, I think 2010, and I just fell in love. And I was like, you know what? I think, I think I'm just gonna leave life a little bit there. So came here with the vision, sorry? Did you have family in, in Canada? Is that why you came? Oh, I had my aunt, um, but then, um, no, not the reason, because I just fell in love with the country. And I was like, you know what? Most people go to the U.S. I want to go to Canada. I don't know why. And I love the nature, actually. That's, that's one thing that sold me. Um, and so the vision was to do med school, because my dad is a doctor. And I just always loved how he cared for his patients. And I love, you know, health and wellness. So I decided, well, you know what? I want to come here to my bachelor. And after that, do my um, go to med school. And so um, I think around like second year, so I was always the type to look for, you know, the healthy thing to eat. So I'll be like the, the natural person, you know, to go to the store and read labels, you know, and tell, like, just listen to the mainstream information about what health is. And so I, I used to go by that, like everybody. Um, and then, yeah, like I started realizing every year it changed, right? So there was something slightly different every year. Um, so one year it would be, or one decade, it would be like, oh, don't eat fat. And at some point it's like, no, fat is really good. Get it in your system. And it became very frustrating because it's like, I thought I really knew what I knew. Right. And people will ask me, oh, what should I do? And just my friend like that regularly would be like, oh, how do you, what do you eat to keep in shape? Mm. And I would be like saying, oh, I eat this. I don't eat this. But I didn't really know even what I was talking about. <laughs> the next like six months, it's different, right? So I started reading a lot just because I had like genuine interest in it. And also my health wasn't the greatest too. Um, and I was always interested in like, you no know, feeling my best, being energized, you know, keeping my body weight straight. So um, I started researching. And I think in around second year, I started being so fascinated by nutrition because I was reading, you know, some other nutritionist books and I was like, wow, like this is really important. People don't know these things. I didn't know these things, right? Um, and then I started thinking, okay, can I change my career right now? And then kind of switch gears. I love being a doctor, but I don't want to do the conventional medicine. So I started researching and I realized, well, you can be a nutritionist as a career and I can be a naturopathic doctor too. So I was like, okay, you know what? Switching gears. Told my parents, guys, you're not gonna like it, but it's okay, it's happening. I'm not becoming a conventional doctor anymore. I'm going for a naturopathic doctor. So the vision was to do that before I become a nutritionist. But life happened that it was the inverse. And I'm a nutritionist first, and I'm obsessed with it. For me, it was very, very, um, it was very shocking to realize how most people don't know, you know, about what real nutrition is about. You know, they followed the trend and the trend of like 2020 and in 2022, oh, by the way, there's a new trend. And last time, oh my God, you shouldn't have done that. It was so toxic for you. And it's like, why can't you teach people just what's eternal pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. The nutrition that's eternal, that would never fade kind of thing. So that's really what got me into loving it so much. And I was like, oh my God, people don't know this. I want to tell them. Can I just tell them, right? because it would better their health. So that's like the story really. So yeah. cool, so cool. And I love stories that are not a straight line path that, and I think most stories are, right? When you listen to different people's career paths and personal journeys, it's a lot of experimenting, it's a lot of exploring, it's like yeah. listening to what 
is true to you and what you're curious by. So good for you for, you know, switching paths and not, I don't know how you, how did you feel? Like, did you feel confused at the time or you were certain like, no, this is the path that I need to take? At the time it was a little confusing because I knew I wanted to go in the natural sense, you know, of, you know, the health domain, but I didn't really know what was out there. So it required a lot of research. Um, so after a lot of research of even like, even when I knew about naturopathic medicine, I still didn't even know what it was about. I knew oh dealt with like natural stuff, but like, what is it truly? Because I grew up with what a doctor is, right? So I really had to watch a lot of YouTube videos, research, you know, contact the schools that offer those programs to understand what they offer and understand the career options. Um, and then that really made me feel more confident about what I wanted to do. So not only my heart already was set on, you know, the natural world, but my mind did not understand it. So with research, my mind was able to be more congruent with what my heart knew. And it just felt easier to be like, well, mom and dad, I'm going to stand up for myself for once. I'm not a child anymore. You're not going to like it. All my life, we said, I'll be a doctor, but I'm going to be a doctor, but a different kind. And so it was a battle. <laughs> you know, they, they obviously are supportive of what I want. But at the same time, parents are scared because they, they themselves didn't really know what that was, right? Okay. Um, I mean, they knew what an naturopathic doctor is because they're in the field, but they didn't really know what the world would would, you know, if the world would respect that the way it respects them as doctors. So you know, there was a lot of fear, but I'm glad I stood up for myself because I love what I do. Mm -hmm. And even if right now I'm not a naturopathic doctor, that's the vision, regardless of when it is. It can be in three, five, ten years. I'm not stressed because I love what I'm currently doing. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just love having, you know, choosing this path. I really love choosing this path. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. so happy that you did. I think there is definitely when it comes to that pressure that you receive from parents and also the long-term vision of your own joy and happiness and what you're working on, choosing what you know to be correct and right at that time, at that moment, does so much for your relationship long-term, I think, with your yeah. parents and your family. Um, so I'm happy that you did that. That's amazing, Christine. Yeah, it is. I'm really you glad. You, you touched on it a little bit around your, you know, your current health and wellness philosophy around mm -hmm. um, developing habits and really systems that can last you for a very long time. So what is it right now? My philosophy? Your philosophy around health and wellness, yeah. So my philosophy around health and wellness is more about like system. So that's where the name in wholeness come from. Um, which the idea is that's where true health resides. That's where well-being, true well-being resides. And so when you consider all aspects of your wholeness, you cannot help but be healthy. Um, and so I'm going to dive a little like more into it in a little bit. Um, but then the main pillars of in wholeness are balance, synergy, and intention. Because at all point uh, for you to be healthy, you need to be balanced. So you need to balance not only what you're eating, so the foods, but you also have to balance how the foods that you're eating play with your life circumstance. So let's say, for example, that um, um, let's say you're in the hurry, okay, and you're on the go. Ideally, you know you want to eat a proper salad, you want to sit down, you want to slow down, you know, be mindful and present, but that's not 
possible. That's obvious, not currently possible. Are you going to have anxiety over the fact that you can do that? Or are you going to find the on-the-go situation, best situation that would work, right? Um, or another scenario, let's say you're tired, you have kids, every day you guys eat healthy, but this one day you're so burnt and tired. There's a choice of pizza or you making a heavy meal. Well, go get the pizza. It's one day in a blue moon. You're not going to die. So wholeness is about that too. It's not just, hey, um, eat clean all the time. It's, well, assessing my current situation. This is what's going on. And this is what's going to keep me balanced the most. My mental, emotional self is going to be the most balanced. So you know what? I'm going to compromise my physical health a little bit here for my overall well-being. So that's also where, you know, balance come in place. Second pillar is synergy. Synergy not only in terms of food, because when you even look at foods or when you even read research, you can see that certain kind of um, vitamins and minerals work together better. So you can, for example, supplement with, let's say, vitamin C, right? And then you realize that, oh, in the body, vitamin C and iron work really well together or vitamin C and another nutrient work together. And when you start incorporating these two together at the same time, you actually get more benefit. And so the aspect of wholeness comes with synergy of your different parts. So same way, the example of, you know, busy mom with pizza um, and a heavy meal option. At that moment, you would wish to have the heavy, you know, healthy meal. But then you, when you look at every aspect of your body, you just can't seem to make it in a way that you're psychologically balanced. And so, yes, the pizza for that day would do, um, you know. And then so the last pillars is intention because you can be healthy without any like intention you can't say i want to be healthy but not really you know set that intention believe in it, and act from it so that's really where the pillars of in wholeness um that's how the pillars of in wholeness de like define in wholeness really um so that's my philosophy for me um when for example i have a client i do not stress them into being perfect it makes no sense. Or even tell them that I'm perfect. Um, I probably had pizza last week <laughs> and I had two donuts today. Well, like, I mean, no, yesterday. And it had been a year plus, but you know, it happens. Like, it's okay. You know, um, I don't also follow the 80 20 rule. I just follow the as is your life, you know, for the most part, just make sure you eat, you know, all the time clean. And whenever you can't, or there, there's a situation that will where you feel like compromising that would make you feel balanced, do that. That's okay. Because we're in a world where it's not balanced really, right? Ideally, we wish the food industry did not provide us junk. <laughs> so we won't be exposed to it. So we won't buy it, but it's already there. So that means, you know, there's a price for convenience and sometimes you're willing to pay that price. And it's okay sometimes to pay that price because that's the world we live in, you know, that's the structure we have. So that's really the philosophy in the nutshell. So cool. Yeah. The intention one, if we can dig or, dig a little bit deeper into that one, because I think it's it's very powerful. And when you were listing off the pillars, the first thing that came to mind when I heard intention was really um, believing internally, believing that this is a decision that you are wholeheartedly making to better your life. And um, there's a book called, what is the book called? But he basically talks about how to, how to implement habits in a sustainable way, right? And a big part of that is taking on an identity shift. 
So it goes beyond just setting goals and it's like, I am going to literally become a healthy person and decide that these are the decisions that healthy people make. This is a decision that healthy Naomi will make. And I know at the beginning of, I'm interested to hear from you, like at the beginning of COVID, so around early March, all of my healthy habits went out the window. (laughs) No more exercising. Oh my, it was, it was a complete mess. And I think it took me about two months to get back into, back into order, essentially, but it was really me deciding like I need I don't feel good right now like my body doesn't feel good I internally like emotionally I didn't feel good on all cylinders it was just a not um, a good place to be in and just starting with what I knew so just 30 to 45 minutes of exercise started bleeding into every other aspect yeah. being better because it just I felt better when I did that so can you talk a little bit about um the intention piece but also maybe what it was like for you just a couple months ago so for me it was i'd say actually the complete opposite because i was not um remember we talked before about my burnout and before covid i still was in the mindset of overworking i still i'm an overworker but i still wasn't that happy where i compromised my health a little too much and um you know, I had, you know, I was working for other people and I was doing my business on the side. And so when COVID came in for me, I was like, yes, this is the universe telling me slow down and work on what you got to work on. So I was so happy at the beginning. I was like a little like, oh my God, I have to deal deals. I have to do this. I have to do that. But I was like, you know what? All these years, God has been pretty much telling me, child, I'm going to bless you with this concept and this idea. It might take time to build and become a billion dollar idea but I need you to work on this now. And, you know, I would do it, but I'll do it on the side, you know, and I'll spend a lot of my life energy and my life work on other people's business, you know, living home, going to work. I come home, I feel so depleted that I don't even have the energy to do this. So for me, COVID was just brought that blessing of, look, you're going to be home. You're not going to work. And you have like the whole week to yourself, what are you going to do? I was excited. I was like, oh my God, I have this, 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 this to do. So for me, it was like, okay, I want to feel my best. I want to be healthier. How am I going to, you know, work on my sleep better? Now I am less likely to compromise my sleep because I have like all these hours in the week to work on my business. And so for me, um, that really helped. And, you know, I made sure I took care of my health, like by working at home, um, I used to train people in their homes, so I had some couple of dumbbells. So for me, it was great. I just created a routine, and I just made sure that that happened. Um, but in, again, that only happened because I connect. I really set the intention. So connecting that back to what we were saying, if I didn't decide to, you know, use that time wisely, it wouldn't have happened. And you know, I felt that in my body that that was more of the evolved me. That was more of the mature, grown me. That took that decision, that conscious decision. Look, I can literally be on Netflix every day. Like nobody's going to tell me anything and I can blame COVID. It's very easy. I can be like, hey, COVID happened. Yeah, I'm chill. I can leave. But it's like, no, COVID happened. Guess what? Let's crush this thing. We have so much to do. We have a website to finish to do. We have this, we have that, we have that. If I maximize my energy now, I'm good. By the time life gets back to normal, I can go back to dilute, you know, my life energy and give it to some other people's business because a lot of the work I had, I had to do is done. 
I could take time to heal my body a little bit so that by the time I get back in the real world, I have instilled myself some habits back on how to take care of myself. Right. So for me, like I really noticed that the intention for me to be better, to be healthier and the intention, the desire to, you know, to feel proud of myself after COVID, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, that was that setting that intention of what do I want to experience? I don't know how long this is going to last. Can I maximize on it and acting on it? And it felt really great. Oh my God. I just felt like I haven't felt this healthy in a while. <laughs> you know, it, it felt great. It felt great. Like I'm grateful I used that time in that way because I couldn't even choose the other way because I would have just felt broken. I was already, you know, so burnt. Like if I decided to go sideways, not sleep properly, eat junk, holy now, it'll be something else, right? So for me, it was that intention. And it was very easy also because I'd seen the worst. I was worse before, you know, with my burnout. And I knew how bad it was. I felt vented. I had no energy. There was no life in me. It was, I was dead walking, you know? So I didn't want to go back to that. And I had all these vision and dreams. Um, I knew that if I didn't take care of myself, I will get back to being extremely vented and doing nothing and being miserable home um, and forcing myself to do work because I know I had to push the mission. Um, you know, and it would have made no sense. It would have made no sense. So for me, I'm grateful that I, I got to the point in my life where I have <laughs> messed up enough <laughs> to know that I don't want to mess up anymore. You know, I, there's a time and a place to do the same things that cause you, you know, drama, self-sabotage a lot mm-hmm. um, until you've had enough of your own self-sabotage. And you're like, you know what? I'm mature enough. I've passed this stage of my life. I don't want to self-sabotage anymore. And for me, I'm grateful for COVID. I mean, you know what I mean? For the period that he forced us to have for right. us. Yes. And I, and I think it definitely gave a lot of people that space. I know it's affecting um, different yeah. people in different ways, for sure. And I remember at the beginning, there, was a, there, were, there were a lot of different conversations, and especially just online, a lot of quotes saying, don't feel guilty if you need to take a break right now. And other people saying, you know, this is the time to double down and work on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I don't think there is this one size fits all approach to, to how you should be using this time. But the fact that you just tuned in and you're like, no, I have this, you know, at the beginning, I have this time to yeah. basically launch a bunch of things, work on stuff that I've been putting aside for a while. Yeah. So um, for you to tune in, I think was really uh, important. What do your, uh, I know you recently moved to Toronto as well from Ottawa. So how has that transition been for you? And what do your days look like now? Like, how are you organizing and prioritizing? Hey there. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you are enjoying the conversation, make sure to share it with a friend. Take a screenshot, spread the word. It really allows me to bring on more incredible guests as we continue to level up in the podcasting space. There have been amazing things, honestly, right now, because I've heard a couple of other people that I met throughout the GTA area, I feel more like a home. Like I feel like I have a family here, you know, it feels great. Um, so honestly, I, I, I'm so grateful for moving. I just feel good. And I have my sister and my brother is here. Like it just feels at home. Um, so honestly with COVID, um, my days are still crazy hectic. Honestly, um, what do I do? <laughs> I do a million things to be honest, because I'm the only one dealing with 
two businesses and multiple other business ideas. So from, you know, web developing to being a manager to, you know, doing social media content to doing, being the nutritionist that, you know, works one-on-one with the client or personal trainer. I wake up, (laughs) I deal with all of whatever is important, you know, uh, depending on what is launching in the next few days or what content has to be created for the next couple of months. Um, so that's what happens. Uh, usually, um, in the middle of the day, I'll go work out maybe around like three to four. Uh, sometimes it happens a little later, but in general, it tends to happen around that period. And then when I come back home, I cook sometimes, sometimes I don't feel like cooking. My sister cooks and then I work, um, and then I sleep. So I think it's, that's pretty much it. I have been good at not doing overnight work, which I'm proud of myself. You have a cut off time. Yeah, I have a cut of time. And sometimes even like, even if I don't get a cut of time, I don't respect it. I still push in. I do not allow myself to stay out for a certain amount of time, right. which actually, honestly, I think if I'm not mistaken, beginning of COVID, I had that issue, actually. Things were good, but then that was the issue. Like I pushed in too much in my sleep and it started sleeping at like three, four. And one day I won't realize, I'm like, oh my God, I've been working at 7 a.m. The sun is rising. Holy, let me go back to sleep. Yeah, like I've had some crazy moments at the beginning of COVID, but thank God throughout, like I fixed that and it feels great. But yeah, so my days are really hectic, to be honest. And during the summer, I've allowed myself space to spend time with uh, family. It was fun, but I'm actually excited to get back to work now. (laughs) But it it was good. Like, yeah, August was good to just be and chill a little bit. But now, like, I miss, like, overworking. (laughs) And now September is almost here. But one thing that I wanted to note from what you said about moving to Toronto and things falling into place the way that they did, I remember in Ottawa having conversations with you where you were like thinking about the idea of moving to Toronto. You're like, there's something telling me to to move there. And you were applying for jobs at the time. And yeah, it's true, actually. You were doing interviews. Mm-hmm. And then, and then one day, Christy was I'm like, moving. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, literally what happened. It's true. It's true, actually. And yeah. I think everything, like meeting your friend and just everything falling to a place. I, I, I want to highlight that that's a testament and that's an example of what happens when you make the first move, right? Yeah. And I think some people, it's all up here. Like they're just dreaming about doing certain things. Yeah. And thinking that they need to have 10 steps planned in order for this thing to happen. And it's like, yeah. no, you just need to got, get the first just step. Get a start. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And honestly, when you're really attuned with yourself, you can pay attention to God a little more. Like you will start to be like, oh, I'm interested in doing this. But it's not that you spontaneously say God interested. God mm-hmm. guided you to do that. So now that you're interested and you love it so much, and now it's time to make the move, like, do it because God is what God, you know, powered you to even get to that stage. You know, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Um, I don't know. I think it's Ed Milet. And he was talking with, I think, John, John Asarath. Oh my God. I hope I didn't say his name wrong, but um, yeah, I think they were talking about the difference between being committed and being interested. And like, if let's say you're interested, yeah, you will like it like that, but then you would not make the things that move you know and if you are committed 
it doesn't matter what it looks like, you're going to get things happening. So even if you're like, oh, I have to move from one city to another, I don't have the money, you will not even get into this conversation of I don't have the money. You'll be like, I'm moving, I have to move, I want to move, what do I need to do? Right. You know, and so this these are the two really big questions you have to ask yourself okay I know I love this this is great but what kind of love do I have for this like am I just interested like that passively or am I committed it's happening and there's no turning back and when you think about this way you're not even stressed you're not even fearful because you're so focused and like how can I make this happen so you're more fearful of it even not happening so much that you're focused in making it happen right while when you're interested it's like yeah, yeah there's a possibility it won't happen and you know what if it doesn't happen whatever but then you, you can let life, you know, distract you from designing that path to make it happen. So choose what you want to do. And it's not hard. Like, you just have to love it. That's it. That's just, that's all you got to do. That's the only indication you need, you know. There's so much overwhelming conversation about purpose, purpose. I'm like, but go back to the roots. Like, you just have to love it. Let's get back to the wellness space because I think it ties in really nicely of building systems that work for you. Um, and not feeling that you need to force all of these things into your life. Um, so can you talk a little bit about some things that you find are helpful when working with clients around integrating, whether it's exercise, sleep, uh, the right amount of sleep actually, and nutrition, whether that's making food or just eating healthier and integrating that as part of your lifestyle, as your lifestyle, rather than saying like, oh, now I have to go exercise. How do people get excited about it? I think it's something that comes over time. You cannot get somebody who is in the full energies field and spectrum of junk and, you know, bad living to be excited about clean living. I think it's something that transitions over time, you know. I had a conversation with somebody uh, or, no, I had a friend giving a talk um, at one of our events not so long ago, and he was talking about motivation, intrinsic and extrinsic uh, motivation so intrinsic more so that is coming within you and extrinsic um, that is coming from outside of you and that you when let's say you're starting something new a new venture like like eating clean or living clean um, a lot of your motivation is external but over time when you feel like you're growing in competence confidence you're starting to have more knowledge of what to do it's turning into intrinsic right motivation and so, yeah, so the way I would tell my clients to integrate their life, it's a transition. You might not want to do it right now, but then you feel like it's a necessity. Okay, let's work on it. And I want you to, as you feel that necessity, as you leave that necessity, I want you to see how it's truly important in action, right? At the beginning, you're eating junk, your, your energy is like really crappy. I want you to start eating clean, but now I want you to not focus so much on, oh, now I'm eating a salad. I want you to be like, how do I feel? Mm-hmm. You know? You're going to go through the natural stage of, oh, I'm having headaches all the time. I'm bloated. I'm just I'm like, that's fine. That's the detox period. Your body's cleansing. After a week, after two, how you feel? Oh, I don't feel groggy. You know, I feel like I love the world more. I feel like I have more energy and this and that. I'm more grounded. Okay, great. So let's keep doing that. Now I make you remember who you wear. So you're like, hey, do you remember you like, you know, two months ago, you felt crappy, you felt this, you felt that, do you miss it? No, obviously they don't miss it. How do you feel now with the new you? Do you feel like you're even inspiring yourself? And when they realize that, whoa, 
my transition makes me feel inspired. Did I just do that? That's it. You got them there. So for me, I do not force people to be like, oh, be perfect. You will not be perfect. Trust me. But I want you to be willing, like be willing to put in your effort. I will coach you. I will get you from A to B, but I can get you there without your participation. So we have to collaborate. And when you're willing to participate, I'm okay with you not being happy at the beginning and all the time because I'm holding the field of healing for you. You know, at the beginning, I am more grounded in the wellness space. That's why when you find you meet a nutritionist or a doctor, um, you, the person that you're meeting to support you into whatever you're doing is holding that field for you because you don't know anything about it. So you're coming very volatile. You're coming very unsure. You're coming very frustrated. I'm making you feel grounded in it. I'm holding your hand and your energy field in there until you can take it on your own. Then you're independent and I go, right? You might still need me here and there to just ask a few questions, but you won't need me to, you know, ground you because you know how to do that. So when I coach clients, that's also my goal. That's why at every stage, I also make them understand what's going on. You know, if let's say I make them follow a certain dietary plan, here's why. And here's why this is better. Here's why now you're no more constipated. So now they understand, not just that, hey, this is a plan, just follow. Oh, my nutritionist told me to follow this. I don't know why, but it's better. No, I want you to know, because when you're going to gain that confidence, you're going to start talking to your friends. They're going to be like, oh, you lost weight. You look good. What did you do? Why oh, do this? I do that. And your friends are going to be like, oh, look, you look, um, I'm, I'm constipated. What do I do? Oh, you do this, you do that. You realize, whoa, whoa, I know this thing. How do I know this thing? My nutrition taught me. Oh, my God. And you feel more empowered. You feel more proud of yourself. You're more likely to stick to it. Um, even if I don't look at them for two, three years, they're more likely to stick because they know what they're doing. And even if they eat junk, they don't feel guilty because I coach them not to feel guilty and to know when to introduce junk, when to stay away from it. And when they start feeling too addicted, what makes you addicted? So they didn't know what to do with it, you know? So, um, yeah, for me, willingness is very important in a client and then making them understand that it's going to be a transition and you should be okay to transition with it, but I'll be with you through that. So that's really the idea. and i think just making sure that your body and your brain are working for you as well and and not against you on whatever change that you're making is really important and so christy um as we start to wrap up can you talk a little bit about some of the patterns maybe that you noticed uh when it comes to adopting new changes whether it's cooking and introducing different foods habits that you've found really work for different people that you that you've coached um it's some habits that help for that it's very individual in terms of the way i deal with it is i first assess how the client is living its life already um and then from there i can better tune in and know what would stress them too much if I change or if I remove versus what will not. So let's say, for example, um, I have a client that has um, an insulin sensitivity situation, like no issue. And for her, um, I tell her, look, I would need you to not eat any carbs for a certain period of time. Let's say I tell her that. And let's say that's her protocol. She might be like, oh my God, like you're telling me no carbs for a week. What? Like, I can't do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm trying to support your hormone into rebalancing itself. It might even take longer, but we will assess as we go. 
that client might be like, okay, you know what? I don't want to do this, but I know it's for like two, three weeks. Then I have another client who I talked with her recently and we had a concert. She's like, um, I, before you say anything, I'm not giving up on bread. Say whatever it is, I do not give up on bread. My, my daughter will kill me because she loves my baking. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I can deal with your love for bread. I'm fine with it. I love bread. Holy, you don't eat bread every day? Trust me. I don't know. I got it from my mom who eat bread any day, all day. Like, it's crazy. And I was like, don't worry. We can work with it. So when I coach, for example, her, I'll tell her, look, you have this situation. If let's say she has the same insulin situation, I'll be like, look, this is what's going on. If I keep bread, it's going to take us longer to work on this. So long that you might feel like you're not even progressing because we still have something that triggers you in the wrong way. But understand that if we cut this, we're cutting this for X amount of time, okay? And we're bringing it back and you for sure will be able to eat it. But guess what? At that moment, your body will not be triggered. So with clients like that are hard to maybe understand the idea of the protocol, I keep them, I let them keep it. Um, and then if my, if I realize that, and everybody's different, if I realize that their body can bounce back with having that in, that's great. But if I realize their metabolism is still now happy, I'll tell them, look, we tried your way and I tried to compromise with you, but I want to help you. And this is not the way to help you because I'm seeing that you're not changing. And it's not because you can't change. It's because we're still giving the things that frustrate your body. So let's get it out. Trust me, couple of days, couple of weeks. And it comes back. So some people have to learn from failures sometimes. Um, and as much as you want to help the client, sometimes they don't want it. And I feel like there's no need to frustrate and pressure a client. It's better they realize themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a point of coaching too. You know, you can tell them all you want, but they tell you, well, I don't want it. Right. So then let them try their way with supporting them, giving a protocol that you want to give them without, um, with listening to their restrictions. And over time, if whatever restriction they have put in impedes their progress, they now realize that, oh, it's a must. But guess what? It's not going to last forever. I can wait for a month, right? So some clients, I take time and go, you know, with the flow and go with them, their way of doing. And some, I just, I recommend and I kind of make them stick to it. So yeah, it depends on really their willingness and their readiness to take it seriously. And also it depends on cases. Some cases might not be need to be harsh and some do need to. So, yeah. I think getting the current landscape and understanding and just being more aware of where they are right now and how they live their life. So it's easier to incorporate these things and create almost like a new lifestyle in a way that we do stuff. That's, that's amazing. Christine, the final question on the power of why that I used to ask everyone is what is your why? And you mentioned it a little bit here around how overwhelming that question is. And I reached a point where I was reflecting on this, reflecting on the whole purpose question. And I started to ask, like, what's the alternative? I know a lot of people definitely feel that they probably don't have one, but are curious by one. They want to find it. They want to create a purpose. They want to tune in tune in to their meaning and what they should be working on. But at the same time, I think there is liberation in just following your curiosities and following it, what it is that you're committed, interested and committed in, as you, as you said. So, you know, what are you curious by right now? What are some trends that you've been testing out that you really like? 
yeah tell us a little bit about your world right now so right in a nutshell just to simplify it first um i first of all i love the question um but then i'm currently very curious and by how i can evolve myself to dominate my industry by providing services and values that will really support others that is needed but also in a way that i love so the way i support myself to evolve is by really assessing my routines. So I've always been, you know, a fan of assessing my routines and seeing what works and doing the things that really support productivity. Um, I burnt out and everything just went like south. And so during COVID, I really helped, really try to bring it back together, really test things that, you know, that could work for me um, and everything. And so um, one thing that I'm in love with um, is a 45 minute walk a day. And I actually got the concept from, yeah, I got the concept from 75 Hard. So my boyfriend did it twice. And um, thank Wait, you. Wait, what's that? Can you explain what that is? The 75 Hard. So the 75 Hard is some kind of um, mental toughness, personal development program that was created by Andy Frisella, um, in which for 75 days, you're going to not drink alcohol, not eat junk food and follow a clean diet. Um, you're going to have to read 10 pages a day. Um, you drink a certain X amount of water. I think it's four liters or something. Um, and then uh, the 10 pages you read have to be uh, personal development or an educational um, content kind of um, book. Um, you're supposed to take a progress picture every day. And so there are certain kind of protocols that really challenge you. Oh my goodness. Oh, cool. So my boyfriend was doing it for, I think he did it twice. And um, I, I see him do it all the time, you know, and crush it and strive through it. And I was like, you know what? I have my own routines, but there are certain things in there that I really like. And so I really am an overworker. So I can literally be on my laptop forgetting life. Um, and it's not healthy. I'm fully aware. I try, but I'm like, wait a minute. Let me, I love walking. I love going out, but it, all the time when I'm working, I kind of forget time. What if I was to implement that? And so when I started doing that, I was like, oh, this is so fun. And so I, made, yeah, it made me miss my days in Ottawa when I used to turn around and then just like explore. So um, I'm. I kind of do that 45 minute walk. Another thing from the program that I implemented were, was reading 10 pages a night, um, which was, I was already, it was already in my routine, my evening routine, but I used to just open my book, you know, wherever I stopped yesterday and then just to read from how, wherever I'm interested, you know, and stop. But I was like, what if I actually challenge myself to a specific page? And I was like, let's do 10. Cause I feel like 10 is a good average. And a lot of the times when I'm tired, I tend to do like, you know, two, three pages. And oh my God, that was so challenging, but that was so great. Like, I just loved it so much. So honestly, right now, the things that really help me evolve to be better are my routines, which um, in the morning, it goes as followed. Um, what do I do? <laughs> I wake up, I micro stretch, drink a glass of water, do my devotional, you know, so I prep my mind for the day and then my 45 minute walk. So some days it happens a little later, but a lot of the times I love it in the morning because I just feel like, you know, invigorated. Um, second aspect of my routine is my midday routine, which I learned that a lot from Brendan Bouchard, which, um, you know, I work for 50 minutes and then I take a 10 minute break. So they did a high performer study 
where they realized that most high performers will work for on average for about 52 minutes and take a break. And I was like, holy, that's like super cool. And I'm like, I need that because I'm going all the time so much in my work that, you know, I think that the work is more important than my balance. And that's what burned me out too, right? That's a real one right there. <laughs> yeah, that's what burned me out. So I was like, no, 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 I want to learn, you know, because it makes no sense for me to redo the same things. So I need to learn and I want to be better. And I coach my clients to be better. So I have to progress. And so um, midday routine is pretty much about my day routine plus that middle aspect of my routine. So I work for 15 minutes and I realize that when I take a 10 minute break, that's when I really feel my break rather than five. So some people do five, I do 10. I like it. I give me enough time to just feel like who I can breathe. Um, and so another part of my midday routine is a meditation. So ideally I do either a meditation of 10 minutes minimum, or I take a nap. Um, and the nap is minimum 30 minutes. So it depends on the day. So someday I can take a 10 minute, I only have 10 minutes. So I meditate and some days I actually have more time and I feel tired. So I just nap for my evening routine. Usually I would do, I would get a shower and if it's like a skin care day it's definitely longer where I do like a scrub a facial you know I massage my skin take my time with it um, and then I'll do a gratitude journal which it has evolved a little bit from before um, before I had you know gratitude practice now I actually journal it in a slightly different way where um, I would write I'll make it specific to the day and I will write my top five things there's so many things to be grateful for so I just need to center it to five main things right um, I write five things that happen that day um, that uh, I'm grateful for. And at the end of every point, if somebody was involved in that activity with me, I will thank them for participating with me. And then at the end of the whole list, I would thank God for everything. And after I write everything, I would read it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm at point one, um, I'm so grateful I spent time with my boyfriend. And I'd be like, thank you, boyfriend. And I'd be like, thank you, God. Even in the wake. Exactly. I was like, everybody's name is Loic. I know, right? I'm so grateful. I spent time with Loic. Thank you, Loic. And thank you, God. And then I'll read that aloud. And, you know, it shifts my energy in a different space. Not only we know gratitude does that, but the fact that I do it that way, it makes it not too long, but it makes me so present because it activates mm -hmm. You know, I write, I think about it, I say it, I remember the day, and I'm excited. So I'm going to bed supercharged and super empowered and super happy about the day. And then I end the day with my reading. So then I just like quietly just like do my reading and like, oh God, like that routine just, I felt like I found the routine that is versatile and I can use it um, depending on if even things change. Cause that's an issue I had with my other routines. And this where I miss a step of my routine, I don't get anxious about it. You know, I don't blame myself for it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't guilt myself for it. I don't shame myself about it. I just, I just, okay. And I realized that, oh, this is why maybe that evening I didn't feel, you know, my most relaxed. I missed this. So I just create awareness and next time I just do better. So I would say that's what really helps me evolve to serve better. You know, mm -hmm. the way I have to take care of myself home for sure. For sure. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for, so much for, for sharing what's going on in your world, uh, what you've been working on as well. I'm so proud of everything that you're doing with In Wholeness. Thank and um, I'm excited to see how you continue to grow and evolve on your journey. And just you're sharing it with other people. And I think that's the, the greatest form of joy and purpose and contribution. So 
what is the best place for people to connect with you? Um, IG. I'm on IG like a lot of the time. So IG at Christy underscore Nua. Um, and then on my website, um, you can contact me on the contact page and I get back to you. Those would be like the main places. Cool. And on YouTube too. You can find me on YouTube. <laughs> yes, you are doing workout and fitness videos on there. So I'll put all of the links to where you can find Christy in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Power of Why. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find the show notes at naomihiley.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Power of Why on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I look forward to you listening to next week's episode.